0: Good morning, good news. So glad that y'all are here this morning. Uh, My name is Alex Acree. I'm one of the elders here at the church. Uh, First off, another hats off to that amazing worship team. They did such an awesome job this morning. Uh, We are so glad you're here. If you're new or visiting um, or members, you need to fill something out. There's a connect card in the back of your chairs. Uh, There's also a prompt online if you're visiting us online. Uh, Please fill that out. Drop them in the black boxes in the back. Uh, such an amazing day today, not only celebrating VBS, but it's also Father's Day. So happy Father's Day to all you dads out there. Hopefully you all noticed the raffles outside in the lobby. If you did not get your tickets, please make sure you get your tickets. Uh, fill them out and drop them in one of the buckets or all the buckets. You get nine tickets. There's nine raffles. So put all your eggs in one basket or spread them out. And please stay with us after the service. Uh, we have an awesome lunch catered by Sonny's Barbecue, so please stick around and have lunch with us and just some additional fellowship. Uh, before I pass it off to Jackie, uh, just a, a little plug for VBS. This was my first year being able to to serve uh, with VBS. My family has done it for many many years, and I had the fortunate opportunity to to serve, take half days off of work, and uh, it was really really amazing. So. If you're on the fence, you got 12 months to get it planned out, come join us next year. It's really, really good. And I'll turn it over to Jackie, our amazing VBS director. Thank you. hats off to her.
1: Good morning. Happy Father's Day. Um, If you don't know me by now, I'm Jackie Roche. I'm the Vacation Bible School director here at the World Golf Village campus. And we had the best week ever. I hope your kids came home and told you about their day every single day. We had an amazing week. Um, And for me, I could not do it without my gospel partners. I do a lot of the planning and the preparation, but then all week long, I just hold the clipboard and take pictures. And these people, if you start at VBS this week, students, adults, will you stand up, please, so we can applaud you? <laughs> a lot of them are back in the classrooms with your kids right now, so when you pick them up today, say thank you. I could not do it without these students and these adults who are just pouring into your kids all week long, telling them about Jesus, loving on them, having fun, learning dances, and we have such a great time. Like Alex told you, it's so much fun. So, if you want to serve next year, you got 12 months, right? Yes. Um, it's our one of our favorite weeks of the year, and we just had so much fun. So, Pastor Dave's going to talk more about that in a minute, but um, coming up in September, we have the video you just saw was at Southwind, which is where we are hosting our Good News Camp, Um, and that's open to everyone, families, single people, all ages, everyone is invited to come to Good News Camp, and it is going to be so much fun. There's tons of activities like that. There's going to be messages each day. We're going to have like little mini kids church that's kind of like a VBS style, Um, so there'll be activities for your kids. There will be messages for teens, messages for adults, and we're all going to be there together in fellowship, bonding and having fun, sharing meals together. It's going to be so much fun. My family is going to be there, and one of the raffle prizes out there that you could put in your tickets for is free registration to camp for your whole family. So you could win your whole family to go to camp for free, so I highly suggest doing that. Um, Camp is going to be a great experience. It's September 15th through the 17th at the Young Life Camp in Central Florida. And if you are on the fence about coming to camp and you're like, I don't know if they can accommodate my family. I'm uneasy about this. My family is going. I have two autistic children. And so we have found ways that we can accommodate all kinds of families, all kinds of children all needs. So if you're on the fence and you're like, I don't know if my family can swing this, come talk to us because we would love to try to find a way to get your family to camp. So please talk to us about those needs and let's see how we can work together to meet them. So Pastor Dave.
2: There is nothing more beautiful beautiful to to me than the 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 church when it it acts
1: I'm, 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 I am fit. Can't I am fit. fit. Can't do anything about them. Okay.
2: Okay. So Jack, so Jack. <laughs> Jack, I mean, y'all can barely handle one of me. Two of me would be just ridiculous. Okay, so Jackie did an amazing job this week. I just want to thank you so much. Thank you for your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You're an amazing, amazing person. One of of my favorite passages in the New Testament comes from the book of Philemon, verse 6. There's only one chapter in Philemon, so Philemon, verse 6, says this, I pray that you might be active in sharing your faith, that you might know everything you have in Christ Jesus. The greatest joy anyone could ever have is having the opportunity to share Christ with others. And this week, Our gospel partners had the chance to share the love of Jesus with kids, and we rejoice that on this campus, 22 kids made the decision to follow Jesus. Our Wildwood campus also had their VBS this week, and they saw 20 kids come to faith in Christ. And additionally, there was two other folks who also came to faith this week because you were sharing Christ. And my prayer for you and for them is that they might grow and grow and grow to know everything that they have by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. So thank you for praying. Thank you for serving. Thank you for giving. It was an amazing, amazing week. Let's stop right now and just thank you. Jesus, Jesus, thank you. Thank you for your amazing love that was on display this week as men and women, students, leaders served and served and served to make you famous. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for, for working to keep us safe this week, for working in the hearts of kids to help them understand how great you are. Thank you for providing the resources we needed to have VBS this year. Thank you that we were able to gather on this beautiful campus. Thank you for Jackie and her hard work. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for working to give kids new birth and help them to see Jesus. Oh, I pray that those who led and served and those who said yes to following Jesus would follow him all the days of their life and that they would know everything they have in him. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Say thank you one more time. Let's see. us oh, see. The passage that we're going to give our attention to this Father's Day is Psalm 127, so I'd invite you to turn there in your, your copies of Scripture. I'm going to read this passage, and then we'll spend some time studying it together, hey, let's give our attention to God's word because it is inspired, inerrant, infallible, sufficient. It's our only rule for faith and practice. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman keeps awake in vain. It's vain for you to rise up early and retire late, to eat the bread of painful labors. For he gives to his beloved, even in his sleep. Behold, children are a gift of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. How blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be ashamed when they speak with their enemies in the gate. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Let's pray. Father, open our eyes to see you in this passage. Help us to see your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, revealed as the Savior of sinners and Lord, I pray that you'd encourage fathers today. Lord, build them up in their faith. And Lord, I pray that they would say yes to the greatest privilege and responsibility they could ever enjoy, that of passing on their faith in Jesus Christ to the next generation. And Lord, for those for whom this day is a a painful day, I pray that you would bring comfort by your Holy Spirit. Encouragement. And Lord, for those who have neglected and turned away from their privileges and responsibilities, Holy Spirit, give the gift of repentance and faith that we might turn back to that greatest joy, the joy of passing on our faith to the next generation. Lord, open our ears and our hearts to you. Help the one who speaks. His sins are many and help all who hear to be encouraged this day, for I pray in Jesus' name, amen. So most of you know that um, I'm a dad, I have two adult children, and I'm also a grandfather. Did you know that? I'm a grandfather, I have a little grandson named Hudson, he's 10 months old, Uh, he'll turn one in August, and I'm really excited this week he's coming to see us with his mom, and hurt his dad and they'll be here next Sunday and uh, you'll get to meet all of them next week I love being a dad if you were to stack all the things all the roles and responsibilities of my life I would say I'm a disciple of Jesus I'm a follower of Jesus that's the greatest thing in my life I can't believe every day I get to wake up as a follower of Jesus I'm a husband I'm a husband I'm a disciple, I'm a husband, and and the first priority in my home is to love my wife and to remain faithful to the promises I've made to her until death does us part. My next greatest role and responsibility is that of a dad. I'm so, so thankful to be a father to Madeline, our oldest daughter, and David, our son. And then I'm a pastor. So listen, you guys aren't chopped liver, but I just want you to know my first love is Jesus, then my wife, then my family, and then the church of Jesus. And I take all those roles and responsibilities as precious investments of God to me, but by far, what I'm thankful for today on Father's Day is the privilege of being a dad. One of the reasons I'm so thankful for being a dad is that I had a very bad dad. There's a proverb that says, a man's hunger spurs him on. A man's hunger spurs him on. And as I've observed people who, like me, have a wounded heart from an absent father, I've observed many, many people, and I've seen people go one of two directions when they have a bad dad. Some people, like me, who have a bad dad, they double down, and they want to do everything they can to be the best dad they can be. And then others, others like my dad, they follow their bad dad, and they become bad dads too. For for much of my life, I was filled with anger and bitterness towards my dad. But when I met Jesus Christ, Jesus moved into the center of my life and he gave me the ability to me to forgive my dad and he gave me a precious promise. Do you know what that is? God is a father to the fatherless. So listen, if you have a bad dad, if you faced the sting of an absent father in your life, I want you to be encouraged. God is a father to the fatherless. And he's given his Holy Spirit to move into our lives. And do you know what the Holy Spirit enables us to do? The Holy Spirit enables us to say, Abba, Father. The greatest joy of my life is that God has made me a father by giving me the gift of himself as my heavenly father. And by his Holy Spirit, he has done so much in my heart to heal that father wound. To heal that father wound by giving me the spirit to say, Abba, Father. I love this passage. This passage reminds us, this passage reminds us that children are a blessing, not a burden children are a blessing not a burden you believe that listen i know some of y'all are in it right now i mean i get it you maybe you have a, a, an infant at home who's up in the middle of the night maybe you have a middle schooler maranatha come lord jesus <laughs> I realize that there are many, many, many difficult seasons in parenting, but what I want us to leave here this morning saying is children are a blessing, not a burden. We find ourselves in a time in our culture when the family in general, and fatherhood in particular, is under incredible attack. And I want you to know this morning that parenting and family and fatherhood is not my idea, it's God's idea. Did you see in verse 1? Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman keeps awake in vain. The two basic building blocks of society are the family. And the city, the gathering together of people in community. The city of God, which is the church. And in cities, people come together to honor the Lord with their gifts and abilities. And so the basic building block of human society, the city, is the family, the house. And that was true from the beginning. Now, the Bible didn't start in a city. The Bible began... In a garden. So turn back to Genesis chapter 1 and let me read verses 26 through 28. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves on the earth. In those several verses, you have man and our primary identity as image bearers of the God who created us. You have man as God created mankind, two sexes, male and female. In the image of God, God created him male and female. Two sexes. You have the family. The union of one man and one woman for life. You have the product of the family. Children who are a gift from the Lord and who are given to the family for the purpose of filling the earth with image bearers to glorify God. Every major struggle that our culture is having is answered in those verses maleness and femaleness, sexuality, marriage, the family, children. If you have questions about any of those, I'd be happy to have a conversation with you, but I will go back again and again and again to these two verses because from the beginning, God has revealed himself as creator, a creator who made man male and female for the purpose of marriage, oneness, family, and children. Now, somehow in our culture a place where we've forgotten God and where we've ignored his revelation of himself in the scripture, we've come to a place where in a home a father doesn't have to be a husband or male or necessary and we lose the flourishing and the blessing and the joy of what Scripture reveals as the happy life, the blessed life, the flourishing life, the good and beautiful life as God created it to be lived where there is a husband and a father and children and maleness and femaleness created by God all on purpose, with purpose, to fill the earth with image bearers for the glory of God. And when mankind tries to do life any other way other than the way that God's revealed it in his word, tragedy and brokenness results. Back to Psalm 127, verse 2, it's vain for you to rise up early and to retire late To eat the bread of painful labors, for he gives to his beloved even in his sleep. Man, when man tries to do life without God, when man tries to cover his mind or close his heart to what God has revealed in his word, his life is filled with vanity. He spins his wheels, he misses out on the good and beautiful life that God designed for us to live. It's been that way from the start. In chapter 11 of Genesis, when man turned his back on God, he was left with no other choice than what we read in verse 4. They said, Come, let us build for ourselves a city and a tower whose top will reach into heaven. Let us make for ourselves a name. Otherwise, we will be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. See, when man turns his back on God and his revelation of himself in Scripture, he's left with no other choice than to try and make a way for himself to have a name, to have a significance, to have a security. And so in Genesis 11, God looks down at man Trying to live his life without God to make a name for himself, to provide security for himself, and he says, You're wasting your time. Because I give, I love, I reveal, and he's still revealing today his love for his people. He's still revealing today his plan for the family. And what's his plan for the family? His plan for the family is that children would be a blessing and not a burden. Children would be a blessing and not a burden. And that's what we're going to spend the rest of our time in Psalm 127 trying to understand. That children are a blessing, not a burden. Now, I want to unpack that point with three three things. I want to prove the point from Psalm 127. I want to show the problem that every single one of us face, and then I want us to see the promise that Psalm 127 reveals to us. The proof, the problem, and the promise. Now, what's the proof? Well, let's walk through the passage. Look at this proof that God gives that children are a blessing, not a burden. Behold, children are a gift of the Lord. In 1999, I graduated from seminary. Our daughter was born, and I took my first pastorate uh, at a little church in Charlotte, North Carolina. We brought Madeline home from the hospital on the first Sunday that I spoke at that church as the pastor. A little while later, I was ordained in that church, and one evening, at that time we had evening worship, so I'd preach one sermon in the morning and another sermon in the evening. And one Sunday evening, I came home from church. Our daughter was about four months old, and I came home from church to find my wife in a fetal position on the bed, <laughs> sobbing. And I said, um, honey, what's, what's wrong? Because I'm such a tender-hearted husband. <laughs> Honey, what's wrong? I'm pregnant! <laughs> and I thought to myself, I, I just went through this a few months ago, and somehow the last time I went through this conversation, there weren't any tears. I mean, it was like confetti and fireworks, Everybody was happy. <laughs> What's going on? I'm sorry. <laughs> I wasn't sure what to say. <sighs> I've come to find out that maybe having two, ch- two kids 13 months and under uh, wasn't the best idea. Um, but she... Uh, <laughs> She was amazing. You know, what she learned and what I learned through that experience is children are a gift of the Lord. (laughs) They aren't something that you schedule, plan, make accommodations for. If you're waiting to have kids at just the right time, uh, that time may not come in the way you see things with your head and your heart. But if you see that the Bible teaches that children are a gift of the Lord, that doesn't mean that all your tears will go away. That doesn't mean that your anxiety will disappear. It doesn't mean that you won't wake up in the middle of the night saying, God, why did you give me these children? (laughs) But it does mean that it'll change your mindset to say children are not a burden, they're a blessing, they're a gift from the Lord. So first we learn in this passage the proof that the the Bible says that the children are a gift. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Verse 4, like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. So imagine I've spent... 17 years of my life in St. Augustine, Florida. St. Augustine is an amazing place, but it's not exactly you know the center of the universe when it comes to influence. It's not LA, it's not Chicago, it's not New York, it's St. Augustine, it's amazing. People work their whole year to buy vacation in St. Augustine and they work their whole life so they can retire here. And I've gotten to live here for 17 years. But there have been times, if I'm honest, there's been times where I've wondered, am I really making a difference? Am I really having an impact? I mean, I've spent my whole life in ministry in St. Augustine, Florida. But over the past several years, do you know what God's done? God's enabled our children to become arrows. And we've sent our kids. We've sent our kids from St. Augustine to North Carolina, where my daughter went to college at Gardner-Webb University. And then from Gardner-Webb, she went to New York City. And for two years, she taught in New York City. We've sent an arrow into that great city, New York City. And now they live in Sulphur, Louisiana. It's not, I mean, that makes me feel really good about St. Augustine, to be honest. Uh, They live in sulfur, but we're we're sending arrows into sulfur by the grace of God. And our son, we sent him to Jacksonville, and and he lived there for five years while he was in college, and now he's in Wichita, Kansas. And so we have arrows, and that's just going to continue over the next decades as they move and bear fruit and our grandkids grow up and they begin to bear fruit for God's glory. This was God's plan. Fill the earth. Send out your arrows. I'm so, so grateful for God's gift. Children are a blessing, not a burden. Verse 5. How blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. Now you've come across that word blessed throughout the Bible. And you know, if you've heard teaching on scripture, you know that that word blessed could be translated happy. So children, not only do children, are children a gift, and not only do they multiply the father's impact, but children make the father glad. We sent our daughter off to college. Uh, We took her up to Gardner-Webb University and we uh, packed up the, the cars. we had our car and her car. it was all full and my wife and I were uh, walking out the door, just about to lock the door. And I should have known this was going to be a long weekend. When I went to pray before we walked to our cars to head out of the driveway, and I just started crying. I should' have known. <laughs> Well, we got to the Gardner web and we went through, you know, all the orientation with the parents meetings and this and that. We got to the time when it was, all, it was time to give Madeline one more hug and get in the car to drive back to St. Augustine. And I had, a, oh boy, did I have my sermon ready. I was going to have the words of inspiration. It was the TED Talk to beat all TED Talks. It was going to be amazing. I was ready. And I gave Madeline up that last hug. And I just bawled. <laughs> no speech, no TED Talk, no inspiration, just tears. Not just tears of sadness, but tears of joy, too. The father heart. Dad's the father heart includes... The blessedness and joy of tears. Tears of happiness and tears of sorrow. But our Father's heart, when it moves in, he has an incredible ability to turn our tears into blessings. I don't know what Madeline would have thought of my TED Talk, but I know what she thought of my tears. There is nothing like the blessing that children bring to our lives. Tears? Yes. But children are a blessing of the Lord. Verse 5. How blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be ashamed when they speak with their enemies in the gate. Proof number four. Imagine a man... Who comes into the center of town, western town, and he's ready for the gunfight. And the bad guy comes out into the dusty center of the street, and they're about to draw. And then that man realizes, I got no six shooter, I got no gun. A father with children doesn't ha- lack a weapon. His quiver is full of weaponry. To have confidence when he meets his adversaries, when he meets his enemies, his quiver is full of all the resources he needs to be able to combat his enemies. He's not ashamed. Instead, he's confident. So, what have we seen so far in this proof? Four things a gift, an impact, a joy and a confidence dads don't despair you have a gift you're making an impact you are offered joy and you can be confident you can be confident children are a blessing not a burden so that's the proof and what's the problem well, dads, have you looked in the mirror? I do. I do. And, and when I look in the mirror, I, I see all the ways that I've failed as a father. I'm not a perfect father. As much as I made it my ambition to not be a bad dad like my dad was, I know that I've made so many mistakes as a dad. You know, there's two cliffs, There's two cliffs that we could fall off on in being a dad. The first cliff that we could fall off on is the cliff of falling into neglect. Falling into neglect. I have a friend, and and his dad, his, his dad's dad, his dad's dad had gone through the Depression. And because his dad's dad was not able to provide for the family because of the Great Depression, and the economics of that time, because of that, his dad worked, 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 worked. Now, that doesn't mean that he neglected, but he did choose to set aside time that he could have been with his children for work. Some of us fall off the cliff in our parenting, in our fathering, we fall off the cliff in neglecting. And when we neglect, we miss out. We miss out on on the impact and the joy and the gift and the confidence that children can bring. On the other side of the cliff, on the other side of the cliff are dads who this morning are brokenhearted because you've done everything right. You've prayed you've shared the gospel, you've loved, you've gone to games, you've shown up at sporting events and school events, you've been there with your kids, and you feel like your kids are lost. They're in a distant country. Listen, you haven't failed. The story isn't over yet. And I just want to remind you, Listen, if you're falling off the cliff of neglect or you're falling off the cliff of feeling like I've done everything right and it's not turning out the way I wish it would, I want to remind you this morning, and please, please, please pay attention, there is a promise. Look at this promise. Verse 2, he gives to his beloved even in his sleep. He gives to his beloved. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. What's the promise? What has God given us in love he's given us? His son, Jesus Christ. What's the solution? Neglect, despair, no faith. Faith in the Son, Jesus Christ. One of my favorite movies, uh, dad movies, is the movie The Judge. It starts. It stars uh, Robert Downey Jr. and Robert Duvall. Robert Duvall is the father. Robert Downey Jr. is the son. Robert Duvall is a judge in a small town. Robert Downey Jr. is his son. He's an attorney. And Robert Duvall's character kills a man. And he's on trial for killing a man in this small town. The judge killed a man. The man he killed, the man he killed many years earlier had come into his courtroom as a defendant. And at the time when he had come into his courtroom the first time, he had been let off with a lenient sentence, something that Robert Duvall, the judge, never, ever, ever did. He was never lenient with anyone, but he was lenient with this man. Many years later, on trial for murdering this man, his son asks him, Why? Why were you lenient with this man? Why were you lenient? You were never lenient with anyone who ever came into your courtroom. You were the judge. You were never lenient with anyone. Why with this man? And here was his answer. When I saw him, when I looked at him, I saw you, my son. Robert Downey Jr., after a moment of silence, he turns to his father and he says to his father, Dad, I remember. I remember times together. I remember fishing trips together. And then I don't. What happened? to us? And Robert Duvall's answer is this, when I saw you, when I looked at you, I saw him. Now, do you see what's depicted in that scene? An innocent son receives the curse of a guilty man, and a guilty man receives the blessing of an innocent son. That's the gospel. When God looks at us, he sees Jesus. And when God looks at Jesus on the cross, he sees us, our sin, and he pours out the full wrath that he has against sin in our place. Jesus Christ dies as our substitute. That's the good news of the gospel. The good news of the gospel has bad news that we've all sinned against God in many ways and we're in big trouble. But the good news of the gospel is that God has made a way by giving his son. By giving his son, Jesus Christ, God has made an exchange. Our sin put on Jesus so that we could see the full and awful penalty for our sin paid in full. And Christ's righteousness, his belovedness, credited to us. So that now, when God sees us, he sees Jesus. Because when he saw Jesus, he saw our sin. It's been paid in full. And our part is to believe. In John chapter 6, Jesus says this. Our work, the work that God requires of us, is to believe. To trust in, to rest in Christ alone for salvation as he's offered in the gospel, won't you? The promise, the promise for dads who have fallen off the cliff in neglect or, or who are following off the cliff in, in despair, the, the solution is Jesus. The promise of the gospel. Believe it and let it fill you with hope. It can. And what it can make possible for you, dads, this week, and the rest of your life, ask Jesus for grace. Ask Jesus for grace to enjoy your blessings. Ask Jesus for grace. Ask Jesus for grace to believe that your children are a gift. I know. They're vipers and diapers. But ask Jesus for grace. When you see in Jesus the gift of the Father in giving the Son for your salvation, when you see in the gospel the resource that God has provided for you, you'll begin to have your heart changed. You'll begin to have your heart shaped to see your children as a gift because you've received such a good gift. When you see Jesus, when you see Jesus and the impact that he's had in your life, that he's forgiven all your sins, he's made you a son of God. He's making you more and more like himself every day as the Holy Spirit's at work in your life. One day soon, he's going to come and take you to, uh, to live with him on a new earth forever without sin. When you see the impact that Jesus is having in your life, you'll be encouraged to be able to ask Jesus for the grace you need to see your kids and the impact that they're going to have on the world. When you see the joy that Jesus has in you, when you are able to wake up in the morning and look in the mirror and see not all your sins, but the joy of Jesus over you and the love of the Father for you, it will give you joy. It will give you joy in your parenting, in your fathering. Ask Jesus, Jesus, give me the joy. And when you see the confidence that Jesus has taken you and he's put you in a family, and he's put your family in a church, when you see the confidence that Jesus says you can have, because you're never alone, you always have the Holy Spirit, you're never without a weapon, you always have the scripture, you're never without a community, you always have your family, and you always have the church, a family of families, when you see that, and you ask Jesus, Jesus, help me, give me grace, to be confident in you and in your gospel. Oh, then whatever we face in the world, it won't overwhelm us. So dads, happy Father's Day. I I hope that you'll leave here today with some great prizes, lots of barbecue. But most important, I hope you'll leave here. I hope you'll leave here knowing that your children are not a burden. They're a blessing. And I hope you'll believe here this morning asking Jesus, Jesus, help, help, give me the grace I need to enjoy my blessings. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for the joy of gathering together as your people on this Father's Day. Lord, I pray for, for everyone here that, Lord, you would be at work in our hearts and, and in our lives, that, that Jesus, you would move in, that you would enable us to ask you for, for the grace we need to live as your followers. And so, Lord, for some of us, that that means by that we need to begin this, this life as a follower, that we need to admit the bad news of the gospel. If that's you, won't you just say to Jesus right now where you're seated, Jesus, I admit that I've sinned against you in many ways, and I'm sorry. It means that we believe, we trust in you. Jesus, won't you say to Jesus now, Jesus, I believe that you lived and died and rose again for me. That we commit to you as Savior and Lord. Jesus, won't you say to him, he's here. Jesus... Come into my life as Savior and Lord. And oh, won't you ask him for grace? Help me become the person you want me to be. And Lord, all of us, all of us need the help of your Holy Spirit and the help of the gospel to not neglect or be in despair, but to have the confidence that your grace is sufficient for us. So Lord, work and help us Lord, help us as we leave here this morning to have a great time over the next hour and enjoying this meal and fellowship together. Lord, thank you for a place that we could gather on this Father's Day. I pray in your name, Jesus. Amen.